Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Jessie Stevens here, jumping in briefly with something I thought you might like. If you're expecting, or a new mum, or wrangling a toddler, we've compiled all the best resources for new mums in a free newsletter. Sign up for free via the link in the show notes. Sometimes removing ourselves from that routine and the expectation, the certain way of doing things, it's just so freeing. People would be like, well, if you just found someone, it would be easier that you could you could do those things. And then I'd be like, but you know what? The risk of like getting stuck with some dickhead. <laughs> you know, we just, we just do it. We do it because it's worth it. And those memories that you create are so incredible. Today's episode is all about travel. And before we get started, well, I think it's really important that we address the ugly elephant in the room, COVID-19. Travelling with or without kids really doesn't look like it used to, and it's likely that it won't for some time to come. But one day, we'll be back on the road or the train or the plane, and we will have our little people in tow. If there is one sentiment that is drilled into every single new mum, from mother's groups to mummy blogs, it's that babies thrive in routine. So when my partner Matt and I decided to book a two-week European holiday with our then four-month-old baby daughter, my excitement was met with a whole lot of commentary to the tune of, why the hell would you take a baby to Europe? Well, you know what? Travelling with kids is a polarising topic. It seems like no matter what you do, whether you travel far and wide or manage a camping trip out of town, the people will tell you their opinions and their horror stories. In this episode, we'll be hearing from single mum and writer Evie Farrell, who packed up her entire life and travels the world with her daughter, Emmy. You'll also be hearing from another solo mum, Nama Winston, about how challenging it can be to travel when your child has allergies. And from Melanie Dimmitt, whose life changed dramatically when her son was diagnosed with quadriplegic cerebral palsy and what travel means for her family now. We have all heard someone say, oh, I want to travel before I have kids. But why does travel have to stop once you become a mum? I'm Laura Byrne and this is Me After You, exploring stories of identity and motherhood. Travelling with children requires a lot more preparation, something solo mum Nama knows all too well. Travelling was something that Nama wanted to do with her son, but there were obstacles throughout her son's life that made it difficult. But that didn't mean that she deprived herself of holidays. She just had to figure out what the difficulties of travelling would be and have strategies to deal with them. Winston, when he was three, developed anaphylaxis to nuts, eggs, seafood. And I became very reluctant to travel with him on my own. 
we grew out of that for a few years. I felt more confident and stuff and we would go to places like Singapore, English speaking, excellent healthcare system, that kind of thing. Um, as he got older, we would um, – my family has really strong links to Fiji. So we would go to Fiji but I would always travel with my mum who's a doctor. But then I developed a couple of illnesses, chronic illnesses, and I became, and I would have like sudden onset periods of being sick and that made me reluctant to travel overseas anywhere unfamiliar because, um, you know, unless I, you know, paid – twice the price and took a nanny along with me or something like that, which I didn't do. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so um, because I never wanted, you know, to be in Rome and Winston's, you know, trying to work out, yeah, and he's like 10 years old and, and stuff. I didn't think that that was fair. And I guess that's one of the things like, you know, that having another physical body there to yeah. help would make that process easier and would probably make travelling seem less daunting. Mm-hmm. Because I think if you're on your own and something goes wrong, like there's not there's no one else there to support you or to help problem solve. Absolutely, in an emergency. Absolutely, and so that you know, a lot of people would look at my life and go, "Well, you know, that made you inert. Like you you stayed you stayed here and just went to places that you were familiar with overseas and stuff. Like I would never have taken Winston to Bali, for example. Um, so I was, I guess I made those sacrifices, and people would be like, "Well, if you just found someone, it would be." easier that you could you could do those things and then I'd be like but you know what the risk of like getting stuck with some dickhead (laughs) right what if that happened and then and then I'm like well I might as well just stay at home thanks you're like my trip to Bali is not worth spending the rest of my life with an asshole yeah I don't need to go to Bali that bad I have already done it so we're fine exactly I'm good I'm really excited to introduce to you our next guest, Evie Farrell. Evie is one of those parenting unicorns when it comes to travel. She found herself a single parent in the first year of her daughter Emmy's life. And as Emmy got a little bit older, Evie decided that she wanted to do things differently and she wanted Emmy to see the world. She even wrote a book about it called Backyard to Backpack. In it, Evie talks about how she packed up their entire life and started travelling and not just to the nearest beach or to visit the in-laws for a weekend. So M was about five and I'd been trying for a long time to work out a way that I could still earn money to pay our mortgage and have a good life but spend more time with her and I was very aware that time was moving so fast and I was really worried about my connection with her because like we had a a live-in au pair and I would like basically say goodbye to Emmy in the morning and rush off to work and then I would get back really late from work and kind of put her to bed. And then the weekends are full of, you know, you're doing everything on the weekend. So there just wasn't a lot of quality time. I was really struggling with that. And then a really close friend of mine passed away and she had children the same age as Emmy. And it just, that was it. That was the line in the sand that I thought if that was me, I would leave a little girl who didn't even know me. And so that was it. I had to do it. So we'd been we'd been taking holidays. So I was working long hours and then when we could I'd I'd grab a week or two here or there and we'd we'd go away and we always had such a great time. And everything just really fit together. It's cheap to travel in Asia. I had savings. I was like going to put in a new kitchen. I'm like now I'm not going to put in a new kitchen. I'm just going to spend the money and we're going to go. And it just it just seemed so right 
and I didn't really tell anyone because I didn't think they would. I just I wasn't sure. I'm like, I'm just going to keep planning and then I'll just reveal when I've got enough in motion that there's no going back. And yeah, that's what I did. And I was like six months after I made that decision that we left. See, it's one of those things where like people often think, oh, like I want to spend more time with my kids and so they might change their career or they might change something that frees up their time. I think very few people go, I want to spend more time with my baby. So I'm going to take her to Asia and <laughs> yeah. just travel the world. I, I know, but I didn't have the luxury of making smaller changes because if I, and I like I tried for a long time to try and find an option that would work for me. It's a solo income and my income was a good income but if I went part-time, everything just drops. There's not many job shares. It just I did try a job closer to home that was a lot less money, but it was just not fulfilling. I wasn't getting anywhere and it still didn't give me more time with her. So I suppose in a way it was necessary for me because, yeah, there were, the other options just didn't all work. I think that there's a lot of like there's a lot of fear that's attached to travel after having kids. And I know even with myself and having Marley, we took her overseas when she was three and a half months and everyone was like, it was two trains. There were some people who were like, why would you take a baby overseas? Like, that's crazy. And then there are other people who were like, well, you can't holiday like that anymore because like it's selfish or you're not going to be able to enjoy yourself because they're, they're too demanding. So a lot of people have their own fear that's wrapped up in travel. Mm. Did you feel fearful about this idea of going and taking I didn't at all. And and you know what? The funny thing is about holidaying with kids when they're really young. So I took Emmy to feed G when she was four months old. They just lie there. You have the best time. You don't have to do anything. Amen. (laughs) We honestly, I still say this. It was going to Europe and taking her was the best holiday I've had. And I thought it was going to be really challenging and a bit shitty, but it was so much fun. Yeah. And I think if you do it when they're young, it shows you what you're capable of and it's not such a huge hurdle and of course you know when they get a bit older things do change you have to factor in nap time and you have to go to parks and but we had a great time like we were in Paris and we'd wander along and there are parks everywhere and Em would want to go to the park so I'd be like sure and we just hang out I mean you're in a park but you're in Paris it's it's not bad it's not too terrible is it I know and I find like for traveling it's it is the things that we have in our minds like you were saying And whether it's a holiday or it's long-term, we're always going to put up these barriers about why we can't do it. And I just try and focus on why we can, like what would the best outcome be rather than the worst. And, I mean, often the worst is you come home early if it's not working. I mean, I don't think that's a huge drama. I think it's just more important to get out there and and give it a shot and you'll find that it, it hasn't really changed that much a lot of it really is just in our minds and what people say to us that's such a big thing I don't know I think if people are afraid of something and they're not going to do it it's kind of like they they don't really want other people to do it or they'll put that fear onto you and it's about not absorbing that at all Now, not everyone understood Evie's decision to pick her daughter up and travel the world. And occasionally she was on the receiving end of some pretty harsh judgments. I didn't really hear much negative in the beginning. People did ask me those exact questions. What if you can't rent your house? Or what if you can't get a job when you come back? Or what if Em gets sick? Or if you don't like it? And I just thought, well, I'll deal with that when it comes, because if if I worry about all this stuff now I'm not going to go and I suppose for me the questions that would get to me a little bit would be 
questions about Emmy and friendships. And that did worry me at first when we were leaving. Is she going to make friends? Is she going to miss her friends? And it actually took me a while to realise. And once I realised this, everything changed for me. But just as much as I wanted to be with her, she wanted to be with me. And that was the big thing for her on our trip. So she did make a lot of friends while we were travelling. Other Aussie families, um, she's got friends like all over the world and especially in the places where we stopped for a little bit longer time. So Hoi An, she's got a whole bunch of friends that we were supposed to be there now hanging out with. But, yeah, she just wanted to be with me. And as soon as I realised that, then I was just much more comfortable. And while we're home now, she's reconnected with all of her little friends that she's known through Mother's Group and Kindy. So she's fine. Yeah, and they yeah. Ad- children adapt. Like I think we project grown-up fears onto our kids. Like they're kids. Yes, they have their own issues, but they don't have the complexity of issues that we have as adults. Yeah, absolutely. And on the the whole friendship thing as well, like rather than looking at, again, it's it's about flipping it. So for me, I can in hindsight see that rather than her missing her friends or being damaged because she's not with her friends every day, travelling and being put into new environments and having to meet people and, and people of all different cultures and in different environments has actually given her this self-confidence that... While we're home, I said to her, oh, you might have to go to the local school down here. We're staying with my parents for a little bit until we can travel again. She's like, okay, no problem. Never met anybody, like doesn't care. She's fine. She'll just walk in there and it's, she's used to seeing unfamiliar faces and she'll, she'll make it work. So they just get so much out of being in different environments. Evie pretty much left her whole life here in Australia and went travelling the world with her daughter. But how do you afford to do that when you're a single mum on a single income? So I'm really lucky that I have a property, a home that we live in when we're not travelling or that I bought for us to live in. And I have an investment property. I mean, that's a total dud, but the home... (laughs) Like, but it's there. I mean, it's my bad juju place. Um, But our house gives us a good rent like I have a small mortgage and I can get really good rent for it so that funds us when we first left I had savings like we left Australia just the December just gone on another trip I had three thousand dollars in the bank I'm like I'll just make it work I can do it and you know what again if it doesn't work we'll come home it's to me that's just not a really big deal so we have the rent I do writing work sometimes I get ads on Instagram or I you know I do like social media stuff get paid for blog posts not a lot but yeah yeah I save as much as I can too like I I don't know I I just I haven't bought clothes for myself in so long because we just don't need it when we're traveling we have a backpack each now I used to have to carry everything, but now we have a backpack (laughs) each and that's all we need. So I'm not spending a lot. I guess it also really challenges you to be just to be adaptable and to kind of like problem solve on your feet as well. Like I think the more you do it, I guess we travel in general, like something always goes wrong. There's always something to overcome in traveling, but it makes you really adaptable and it makes you versatile and it kind of makes you a really great problem solver as well. It absolutely does. And I see that a lot in Emmy because she is really, really good at solving problems. And she really likes to step up and say, mum, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Or if we're trying to go from A to B, she'll she'll step up and help make a path. 
And I think that's something great that she's learned from travel. Absolutely. I mean, there's always going to be problems. The beauty of traveling long term is that we don't have a, a time frame or a deadline to solve it in. So things that potentially could be really stressful, if you have a two week holiday and you messed up your flights or something gets cancelled or you get sick, could be a real issue. But for us, we're like, okay, well, we'll just stay here for an extra week or we'll go over here. Or I mean, I always stuff up flights. Like, oh, I'll write that one <laughs> off again. So, <laughs> But I also think like when things go wrong on a home front, like you're as well equipped to deal with it as possible. When things go wrong when you're traveling, it's like if you can make things work in that sort of adversity, it makes you very well equipped mm. just in life. It makes you resilient as well. So they're incredible they're incredible skills to instill in a child that I don't think that a child that has a very normal, in quotation marks, mm. upbringing would be exposed to. Yeah, and I think also in terms of like the travelling with kids part of it, the, the biggest challenges that I had with Emmy were the same things I would have dealt with when I was at home. So the things is schoolwork. I mean, we argue about that all the time. I'd be doing that at home. Meals, the same thing. Getting her to eat her food, we'd be doing that at, at home. Bedtimes, all the same things. But we're just doing it on a like a tropical island or, you know, in, on the train going through China. It's it's an entirely different environment. But the, the things for the kids happen the same. So there's not really a huge difference. I guess the one thing that I find interesting is that it's so drilled into us, the importance of routine, like, and that's like the word that's kind of given to you from day dot when you become mm. a mum is like routine, children thrive in routine. How do you make that work? And does Emmy have a routine? Do you manage to keep some structure around that? Or are you like, throw it to the wind, baby? I'm so hopeless. <laughs> I can't do a routine. I try, but I just, I don't know. I just... I don't care enough about it now. I think a big realisation for me with when I decided to travel was that I'd actually been on this path and it is it fits in with that routine. Like even from an early age, you're kind of set on this path and everyone does the same thing. For me, it was, you know, go to school, get good grades, go to university, get a job, marry, buy a house, have kids and then work till you retire. And I don't think I ever really questioned that very much. I did backpack and travel, so I went off sideways a little bit, but I always came back. Even though I promised myself when I was out in the middle of Turkey or wherever I was, I'd be like, when I go back to Australia, I'm just I'm just not going to have a life like I did and I'm going to travel more and be free. And you get sucked back in. And I feel like sometimes removing ourselves from that routine and the expectation, the certain way of doing things, it's just so freeing. And yeah, maybe Em could benefit, she probably could benefit from a lack of good bedtime hour right now, but I don't know. It's just part of that lifestyle of traveling, but then also maybe just part of the way that I work best and she works best is just to have that freedom. Like we still get everything done. There's just not stress about when or how it's done. There's no denying that having children makes travelling a hell of a lot trickier. You need extra baggage and travel prams and a car rental with a car seat and baby food. The list goes on. For Melanie Dimmitt and her family, travel is something that they have always loved to do. But having a son with cerebral palsy has forced them to rethink how they do it. I mean, we live 10 minutes away from RPA and we just need to stay where we are right now because at the moment Alu... He's been in, you know, last year he was in maybe 10 times and he just, when he goes, he goes down fast. So I'm scared to be away from a big hospital. 
Um, but that's getting better and he'll get stronger and we will get braver. And I don't want to live in fear and I want him to see the world. I think our solution might be cruise ships with yeah. Arlo because they're super accessible and they have like whole medical teams and centres on board. Because I'm like, how am I going to, you know, get Arlo out there and let him see the world? And we're thinking that that might be our solution as a family, as much as I saw that as a retirement-esque <laughs> Thing. I'm like, maybe cruise ships is how we're going to do this. It's actually a fantastic idea. It's like, that's like, you've just nailed it on the head with what it is because I mean, they, they cater and like have facilities for every single person exactly. of every single age group. Yeah. My, my 92 year old Nan went on a cruise at one point and I was like, oh, that really concerns me. But she had a great old time and she was like, <laughs> just in case everything is there. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah so I Amazing. think that might be our solution. Like, of course, we'll get him on planes and stuff if we can, but I think, yeah. Yeah, cruising the world might be the way we go. Travelling is something you're told as parents that you should do before you have kids. And Marcia Leone shared that exact sentiment and thought her travelling days would be long gone now that she's a mum. But she was pleasantly surprised to know that although travelling with kids poses its own set of wild challenges, it's not impossible. It's not easy, especially getting there, like the plane plane rides and things like that. But we we just we it's so worth it, and we do long trips. If we go overseas, we make sure it's for a month. You know, we're not gonna. There's the first few days of jet lag and things like that. But my children are there's quite a big age gap between them as well, so it's not like I'm wrangling two under two. I think that's an important point to make. You know, my son is now eight. My daughter's two and a half. You know, toddlers are tricky on a plane. But, you know, we just we just do it. We do it because it's worth it. And those memories that you create are so incredible. And for, for our children as well to know that, you know, you, you, you can still do these things. I also think, I mean, one of those things with travel as well is that it's not just for your children. You do it for you to still have that sense of, of like, I can accomplish something oh, and I absolutely. can still have this life. And it's a really nice way of bookmarking their life. Absolutely. Yeah. We have our, my fondest memories as a mum have been when we've been on the road and traveling, even those hard times. I mean, we look back and laugh on some of those, you know, crazy travel experiences that you have, but yeah, there's so such great stories to tell, you know, for our children and and for ourselves as well. I think if you can if you can make shit work when there is adversity when you're travelling, it makes you far more equipped for what goes wrong on the home front. Absolutely. People might say, what is the point of travelling with a baby or young kids if they can't even take it all in and they're definitely not going to remember it? Well, the point is. As their parents, we will never forget. Holidays are like a wonderful little memory to bookmark your child's life. I mean, you're probably not going to remember what they were doing on a Wednesday when they were three years old. But you will remember if on that random Wednesday you were on holidays with your tiny human blissed out on pasta and gelato. Whether it's a colossal trip or a short weekend staycation, travelling with kids isn't just about doing it for our children. It's also about creating memories for us as parents during this special and fleeting time. What a magnificent and heartwarming cluster of memories there are to be made when travelling. Moments to treasure long after the baby jet lag has worn off. On the next episode of Me After You, we're going to be talking about the people who we couldn't get through life without. We all know how much support a sister or a brother or the grandparents can provide. But sometimes friends can feel more like family than anyone else. 
In our next episode, we're talking about friendships. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Me After You. This is a Mamma Mia podcast hosted by me, Laura Byrne. Our executive producer is Elise Cooper with additional production and editing support by Lemma Zakaria. We'd love to say a very big thank you to every single woman who has shared their stories with us. And for a full list of all of the credits, please head to the description on this episode. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.